Are you looking for inspiration and words of wisdom so you can go out and launch your own business? This is the Lost and Founded podcast, bringing you raw and relatable stories of successful entrepreneurs, committed startups and personal experiences that are here to inspire, inform and influence. My name is Claire. And my name is Becca. And in today's episode, we'll be interviewing two sisters on a mission to change the world of dating with an app that celebrates inclusivity and mutual understanding by putting a focus on personality so you no longer have to leave love to chance. The SoSync sisters are shaking up the dating in- industry. So without further ado, I would like to introduce Jess and Lou Alderson. Welcome, ladies. How are you both? Yeah, great. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for coming on the podcast. So I've given a, a very brief introduction about what So Synced is, but could you actually explain what it is, what it means to you, and why did you come up with the name So Synced? So So Synced is a dating app that matches people based on personality types and specifically based on the most popular personality test in the world, which is the Myers-Briggs test. So basically you sign up, you take our free five-minute personality test, you then get your personality type and a personality profile which has you know your strengths your weaknesses ideal date recommendations how you are typically in a relationship and then when you are then on the platform we then have a unique matching algorithm that then basically works out a compatibility percentage and we match people based on this compatibility percentage and then in terms of what it means to us I mean essentially like you said in your introduction it's really all about inclusivity and acceptance of different people and different personalities I mean different things just work for different people in general and it's really just I guess we really wanted to make a more authentic and less superficial way for people to date. Yeah, and I think that's such a good idea. And what inspired the name So Synced? Yeah, so we brainstormed for weeks, didn't we, Lee? Do you remember that phase? (laughs) That was a long Um, phase. (laughs) Yeah, I guess it just kind of sums up everything that we're trying to do, help people find compatible partners that they're synced with. It's also good because (laughs) it's easy to find us on the app stores. (laughs) No, I mean, it really is a really revolutionary idea. So, like, how did you actually come up with it? Like, how did this idea kind of spark? Yeah, so it's quite... Quite a long story. I'll try and keep it short. Um, but essentially, when I graduated from university, I did a chemistry degree at Bath. Realised I didn't want to be a chemist and worked at an investment bank um, as an equity research analyst, so looking at oil and gas stocks. And I worked in London for four years. And the last two years of that, I was dating someone um, who was Australian. He was living in London at the time. And then one day he said, "Oh, um, you know." I quite want to move back to Australia. Would you move with me? And I was like, wow, that sounds amazing. Like totally up for that. Um, managed to get a transfer to Sydney um, with the investment bank I was working at, which was really great. And then worked there for a year. Then after a year, essentially I left my job um, and we broke up. And I'd been studying personality types for quite a long time at that point. And then because of the breakup, I started applying kind of personality types to love and dating, just essentially because I wanted to understand it really from a different perspective. And I decided to take a year out to travel um, to kind of, I guess, you know, one of the main things I wanted to do is to learn more about personality type compatibility. I had all this time that I could just research it, whether it was, you know, talking to people that I met when I was traveling or talking to families that I stayed with or you know, kind of like reading posts on Reddit, Quora, blog posts. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, yeah, after that year of traveling, 
went back to London and I was having drinks with Lou and Soho and she was saying that her friends and colleagues were going on these terrible app dates and I was like just spent a year researching personality like compatibility like you know I know there's a much better way um to match people because the correlations were so strong it was incredible and then yeah like Lou was a bit skeptical at first right yeah I mean I didn't really know much about the Myers-Briggs personality types but then we applied it to you know people we knew relationships we knew and actually without knowing it I had been in a relationship in a relationship with my perfect personality match so we obviously like did all these tests on all our friends and like discussed it so much I guess from straight away and yeah just it's just so true like you can just really see how it comes together yeah and we have had a really high success rate um you know much higher than than other dating apps um that are at a similar stage so that's that's really interesting as well right yeah and I think also you know we match people where there's some different enough differences to create a spark but then some similarities so that they really understand each other so going into more of like the business dynamics i mean you're obviously sisters how does that work now being business partners and co-founders well luckily we've always gotten along so that definitely helps i think um we're basically nearly the opposite personality type so it really we basically have very complementary skill set and we just bring a different outlook to each situation, which I think definitely helps. And then the being sisters part really means we can just be completely honest with each other. Mm -hmm. I mean, we don't really argue much, but you know, if we do, we just get over it about 10 minutes later because one, we don't have time to dwell on it, and two, we have a lifetime of experience. And then yeah, also just the trust thing as well. I think like we just can completely trust each other being family. Yeah. And we have a lot of fun as well. Like we genuinely cry with laughter, like pretty much every day, right? In some some form or another. Yeah. Um, yeah and I think, yeah, like the complementary skill sets is a really important point. I think that we don't always, it's not like, you know, every day we just agree with each other all the time, but we don't argue as such, like kind of, I guess how it happens is we discuss things, right? Like last night when we were discussing about the design stuff, Lou, like, you know, I was like, oh, how about this? And you're like, how about this? And I know you're better at that than me. So you're like, no, that that's not good. And I'm like, okay, I, I trust you. You know, like I have my views, but I know you're better at this than I am. Um, so it's kind of just like leaving different decisions to different people and that works well. And I guess that's really reflective of just a strong team in general. I think the thing that I'm really interested in, like I have sisters myself. So do you find there's ever like a power dynamic between the older sister and the younger sister? Or is that something that you've just kind of got over now that you've grown up? I don't really feel like there is really. I feel like I know what you're good at and you know what I'm good at. And so there is that understanding that when it's, someone when it's the areas what each of us is more experienced in or knows a bit more about then I feel like we know when to step down and mm. I don't really feel like that I don't know about you yeah and you you were also like you didn't really want to be CEO so yeah I'm CEO and lose COO you were like you know that that's not really a role that you mm. really wanted no I, yeah, I said to you I said you can be CEO you're like thanks so <laughs> I was hoping for that yeah <laughs> yeah exactly so there's not not ever really been I've never ever felt that there's been a power struggle which you're the boss and I know that <laughs> exactly. there's no struggle it's nice and simple you know <laughs> I love that yeah that's really amazing to hear I feel like you've got like complementary personalities as well so you're applying sort of your your 
business into your sort of real life as well which is really Mm. cool so also I just kind of want to find out as well with you both growing up did you always have the sort of ambition to be your own boss and start your own business yeah so I think for me and part of my personality is like being really really organized and like being on top of everything I love to do lists and things like that and it like sounds quite trivial but I guess growing up I was like I all I know is that I want to run my own business because I want to be in charge of all of that stuff for myself. Um, So I I had that kind of mentality. I was like, I don't know what it's going to be yet, but it will be something. Yeah, and I guess for me, it's kind of funny because I guess it's a really similar answer and a really different answer. I'm not that organized, lose the organized one. Um, But I did really want to run my own business because I really value freedom. Um, And I really like the idea of just building something, building something from scratch. That that's by far like the most exciting thing for me. Like when I look back and I'm like, oh, my God, you know, we have an app with so many users and success stories and a brand and stuff like that. And I'm like, wow, that's like really exciting that we built that from from nothing, really. Yeah, not not always been easy, but, um, you know, really, really rewarding. I think on that kind of idea of rewarding as well, I think being a female entrepreneur is something that is extremely rewarding. I think we're, we're really celebrated as female entrepreneurs, but it can also be really daunting. Um, I know recently we've obviously seen Bumble CEO Whitney Hulf, as she's just become the youngest female self-made billionaire. So amazing success stories flying around. But what has been your personal experiences of being women in business? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, firstly, what Whitney Wolfhard has done is just incredible. Um, like, you know, to grow a company to that scale in a fairly short period of time is is just amazing, really. Um, I would say on the whole, um, being a woman in business has been a positive experience. Um, as you're kind of getting at, there's quite a lot being done around it at the moment. Um, but I'd say one area where it's definitely not a level playing field is fundraising. Um, So like raising money and the stats are really, really shocking. (laughs) Um, So in the UK, only 1% of VC funding goes to all female led teams. That's terrible. You know, that's not, you know, 20% would be not great. 10% would be, you know, not great as well, but 1% is just shocking. Yeah. Um, The worst thing about it is that actually the females that do get funding do a lot more with the money. So there's been two studies that have shown a similar trend that women essentially can make 20% more revenue with half the capital. So literally with half the money, they can make more revenue. That's Um, crazy. I know it is crazy. And it's just like, you know, it's clearly not not even close to being a level Mm. playing field. Um, But I think there is lots being done around it at the moment, probably like started, I guess, quite significantly last year. Um, But it definitely will take time to change. Um, But I mean, there's not many female investors really as well. And I think that's Mm. one of the issues. And funding is a lot about who you know. And it tends to be like, you know, men have those network of other men and you know go play golf with them that kind of thing um but I mean it's great that there are positive steps to change it but there does need to be more yeah for sure it does feel really unbalanced and how did you kind of go about this sort of issue because you're obviously aware of it but how did you kind of combat it I read as many studies as I could about why females raise less money than men the findings weren't weren't ideal (laughs) so one of the one of the studies I read I think it's in the harvest Harvard Business Review was saying that entrepreneurs penalize feminine behavior. 
Um, and this can actually be from women or men, even men with more feminine behavior raise noticeably less money. I don't really know how to deal with that knowledge. I was like, should I try to be someone that I'm not essentially? And I actually talked to one of my mentors about it. And I was like, should I just like, I guess I probably do have quite feminine behaviors really. Um, I was like, should I actually just, you know, put on a complete front and just try and be someone completely different? And he was like, no, absolutely don't do that. He was like, be who you are. And there there will be people who really appreciate that. And I was like, yeah, I think like it would go against everything that I personally stand for. And also everything that the company stands for, right? That accepting different people and different personalities. So I think, I guess the way we got around that is just by persistence, really. You know, just kind of like meeting as many people as possible. And there are investors out there that, you know, do appreciate different different kind of people so yeah I guess it probably the one word is is persistence definitely don't lose track of yourself and I think that's really important that you stay true to yourself and not become something that you're not because you are right you don't want to lose what makes your business essentially yeah exactly it just it would have felt so wrong to do it and I was like really hope that's not there anyway and fortunately it's not been so that's good So kind of um, touching on the sort of dating market in general, obviously it is very, very competitive and you're up against so many big names like Tinder, Bumble, which um, is quite daunting. And how have you sort of stayed motivated to keep going in such a competitive market? I think the dating market is so big and it's growing so fast. I just think there's room room for more. Um, like Tinder and Bumble are really great at what they do, but I think because the dating market is growing so quickly, um, I think in the future there'll be a lot more, I guess, specialist and kind of slightly more niche apps um, because the markets for those, those apps will just be bigger, right? And I mean, because we've got a personality type USP, um, we have like quite a different crowd on our app compared mm. to a lot of different apps. And really interestingly, quite a lot of people who've joined the app have actually never used a dating app before. So it's not even, you know, kind of like taking customers away from the other dating apps. It's to some extent opening up a completely new market. Um, so one of our success stories in California, neither of them had used dating apps and they just, they just weren't really into the ones that existed and then they found out about us and they joined and now they're together and they've been together for I think half a year now so I think yeah it it is just a different crowd really yeah and I think also part of being able to stay motivated is we just completely believe in so synced what it stands for the matching algorithm and just I think the growth we've had over our first year has literally just kept us so motivated the whole time and the success stories that's just been like that's yeah. been motivating mm-hmm. in itself because that's so rewarding for us to connect people during this time that's so true yeah like we have had some I guess more challenging times right and then we hear about a success story and it just it's like oh my god this is all so worth it of course you know <laughs> And you mentioned that you had um, a success story over in America. Is that kind of something that you kind of envisioned was going to happen, that your growth would go kind of across the pond? Or is that something that just sort of happened by chance? Yeah, it it is what we expected to happen. And the reason for that is um, like personality types and specifically Myers-Briggs is so popular there. 
And that was something that I noticed during my year of traveling. Um, because I was like exploring personality type compatibility. I'd ask pretty much everyone, oh, so do you know your Myers-Briggs personality type? Bit of a weird question. <laughs> Hopefully they get over it. Um, so yeah, and then every single person that I asked from America knew their Myers-Briggs type just off the bat. And that's not, you don't you don't get that in the UK, for mm-hmm. example. It's more common to not know it than know it. But genuinely not a single person I asked didn't know their type. And I was like, wow, like Myers-Briggs is a huge, huge thing in America. And yeah, and that's kind of, that's where most of our user base are really. Wow, no, that's really interesting. I think it's really cool to see so much success actually not in the country that you're in. So kind of going back to creating this idea and turning it into reality, did either of you have any experience in tech or developing an app or is this something you've kind of learned along the way? Yes. So basically, I think after we had our drinks in Soho, we met up the next day, like Jessica came over to my flat. We sat down and we were like, how will we do this? Like, how will we make this like a real thing? And to start with, we started to learn to code but we just realized it was going to take way too long so we started working with some developers to build the first version of our app and then I guess when it took off a lot quicker than expected we knew we had to build a new version and which was more scalable which we've just released earlier this February. Yeah and also yeah I guess another important thing on that is we have an advisor who Mm -hmm. set up a dating app that now has millions of users um, and I, it's like, great, really. He actually left that dating app and is now setting up a different company. So he essentially advises us like, on, a, on a regular basis, and he was the chief technology officer there. So we have conversations with him, and he honestly saves us weeks, if not months, of work because he's done that. You know, he's made these mistakes. He's learned from them. Um, so, like, you know, having an advisor like that, I think, makes all the difference, and they're not they're not easy to come by yeah it was I think ultimately we jumped in at the deep end and we've learned a lot along the way and also you know the tech aside from the tech there's like the marketing the get getting the sign-ups you know all of that stuff and I guess us focusing on the tech wasn't really where our time was would be best spent yeah exactly like our skills probably lie in different areas so it absolutely made sense to kind of outsource the tech and focus on other things ourselves yeah so aside from like the tech issues that you did have whilst um, trying to learn to code which sounds absolutely impossible to to me anyway what sort of um, biggest challenges have you kind of faced to start off your company so there was the initial kind of like you know how do we build this issue and then I guess the next biggest challenge relates to the product as well is yeah we just realized kind of I guess mid last year that we were growing a lot faster than we were expecting to because we actually really didn't have much in marketing budget at all but we were still growing pretty fast um we're like right we need to to rebuild this from scratch um which was a bit of a shock at first wasn't it though yeah um And then that was a whole challenge in itself because, you know, you have to, we basically realized that we needed a new team of developers as well. Um, Like the first set, uh, our first developers needed quite a lot of day-to-day management. Um, And then we just didn't really have the time anymore to do that because we were focusing on other things. So we, you know, needed some, I guess, new developers that were more autonomous. Um, So finding them and kind of making sure that it was done really well is quite a huge challenge. Like I've met a number of startups who 
um, you know, essentially spend half a year to a year, if not longer, building a product, and then they get to the end of it and it's terrible quality. And they genuinely, they have to start from scratch. So they've wasted half a year to a year and a load of money as well. So kind of ensuring that we did that right was probably the biggest challenge. And the way we did that is we actually got a part-time CTO on board, uh, like chief technology officer, which that was clear we needed that quite early on. And yeah, he's really great. So he's still with us now. And he oversaw that whole project. So, Mm. you know, it's if you outsource something, it can go really well or it can go really wrong. But what you do really need is someone who knows their stuff overseeing it because you don't want to get to the end and realize that it's not good quality, essentially. Um, So that's that's how we did it, really. Yeah, no, that sounds really inspiring, actually. And it's really good to see that even though you had these challenges, you found a way to get over them. Um, I guess on a bit of a happier note, what would you say has been your biggest successes with the business? Maybe like the first moment that you went, oh, this is actually really going somewhere? I think probably one of our first success stories, really. Um, Mm -hmm. So, I mean, so far, I think we've had over about 300 success stories. Yeah. One of them, the most significant, is um, a couple that met on our app last March, got married in December last year. Yeah. So he's from the UK, she's from France, and they met during the pandemic. So they were doing um, virtual dating for about three months. And then we spoke to them the first weekend they ever met for our podcast. And um it's just really great they kept us in the loop the whole time with what's happening so he moved to France they got engaged and they got married in December and I think that is so rewarding and to be able to connect people at this time that was amazing I think yeah that moment when we found out was by far the most incredible moment it was like wow like you know, we've got a couple who are getting married like already. That's and we also we know them quite well. I feel I feel like they're almost our friends, you know, because we stay in touch. I actually put something in the post to them this morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, they sent us photos on their wedding day. Um, they send us photos of, you know, sometimes when they go and do cool things in France. So yeah, he also moved, yeah, from the UK to France to be with her. And they just they just look really happy and they just seem so right for each other. Yeah. And there's there's, you know, lots of other really great success stories too. We've got someone who's moving from uh, Miami to Spain at the moment, um, which is really cool. So we've had quite a lot of people move countries. Wow. Yeah, it's just really, really lovely. That's amazing to hear. I think that's what makes it so, I don't know, fulfilling when you actually hear these success stories and it actually working. That's incredible. You mentioned briefly about the sort of like climate that we're in, like the pandemic and all of that sort of stuff that is new to us. Um, How have you found like the dating sort of app running because of this whole pandemic taking in place? Yeah, so we launched at the beginning of the pandemic and we were quite apprehensive, as you can probably imagine. You know, it's the first business that we launched and it was yeah, a bit of a shock um, that the pandemic happened at the same time. But actually, it's been a tailwind for the business. So in the first lockdown, our active users increased 45%. Um, so essentially, you know, dating apps are really the only way for people to meet at the moment. And you know, people have now really adjusted and virtual dates are, are kind of the norm, whereas at first it was kind of, you know, something that people had to get used to. And also people, you know, sat at home a bit more and have, have more time to kind of spend on dating apps. Um, so it was great, great timing in the sense that, like, we can help all these people kind of, I guess, or we can bring a bit of positivity to people's lives in quite a challenging time. 
Um, and it, it, I mean, that it, it is incredible how many success stories we have, you know, despite people really not not being able to meet up for long periods of time. But I think, you know, like love never goes out of fashion, right? People will always want human connection and love. Um, and it's really cool to be able to help with that. And I think that has been a push towards this more the more meaningful connection. So which is why we've probably seen people move countries to be together is like it is actually at this time really about those deeper connections like, rather than hookups and things like that. Yeah, I guess it puts everything into perspective, right? Yeah, I think that's that's actually so nice to hear. I think with like all the other apps, it is definitely a thing where I think the whole kind of looks, focus and stuff with yours, actually hearing that personality side and people connecting like across borders and especially during a lockdown where, like you're saying, not having that opportunity to meet. It's, I don't know, it just kind of gives me a bit of faith again that there's like so much, I don't know, a bit deep, sorry. <laughs> but so much can happen, yeah. yeah. Um, I guess something else that I think during lockdown, we're all engaging with each other on social media a lot more. Like I say, we're not actually able to get out and meet. Um, but we've noticed that you have a really engaging social media account. You've got quite a lot of followers. You've got some really interesting posts on there. So how have you been inspired to kind of create this content and making it really relatable to what you're doing? Yeah, I think we're a great team in terms of content, right, Lee? So I do the content side of things like the I guess the the types of post um you know kind of come up with the ideas for them and then Lou's really good at kind of visuals and formatting and stuff like that so um together yeah it does work well and yeah I mean the social media thing is is really interesting because you know yeah we didn't launch that long ago um, and it has it has taken off like really in the past couple of months I think like one thing we started doing that helped is like we started talking to people like as people instead of as a company. Like when we first launched, we were a bit like cautious about, you know, oh, we need to seem like we're a company. We need to be quite sensible. And then we we're like, right, let's, you know, with people, people want to talk to other people, not kind of corporate um, corporate structures. So then we just like kind of started just sharing more of ourselves, I guess, right, Lou? Sharing yeah, definitely. And like you say, you know, replying to people as we are real people and just like having a bit of a joke and things like that. But also one thing that I think is hugely important to us is community and like keeping and like keeping the community positive and just engaged. Yeah. Yeah. We love like we love reading the comments on our Instagram posts and like people debating underneath them and like sharing experiences. That's I guess that's one of our favorite things as well. But um, yeah, we, we really like the social media side of things. It's, you know, one of the more creative aspects and it's just something that we really like doing. And we use it as a platform for feedback. Like people are also really happy to give us feedback and just really kind as well. So that's always quite good. Yeah. It's always good to have that sort of social media. So it's it just gives that sort of human contact and that you're not just like a corporation. You actually care about your users and you're showing that. And that's fantastic to hear. So kind of moving forward on that, how are you sort of, what are your next steps for SoSynced? Any particular aspect you're looking into improving or promoting your concept? Yeah, so the next big project for us is um, adding a friends feature. So we surveyed our users and a huge number of them wanted to use the app to meet friends as well as dates. Um, And it is just, I guess, you know, they've kind of been using the app. They like the people they meet in 
in a kind of friendship way as well as a dating way. And actually, some people do use the app already to meet friends. Like quite a few people have said, you know, I've met lifelong friends on your app, which is really cool. But we do kind of we do want to introduce it as a slightly separate platform. So we don't want to just like have one app where people can date and make friends because it's a little bit confusing. You know, if you sign up to a dating app, then you're seeing all these people who are looking for friends. It's not not potentially the best user experience. So yeah, we're kind of just working that out with our developers at the moment in the best way to kind of do that from a, a UX and UI perspective. Um, but yeah, that's essentially the next next big project, really. I know it sounds like you've got some really exciting stuff up your sleeves. So I am conscious of time. Um, so do you have any kind of last minute words of advice or any bits of wisdom for anybody who's maybe in the same shoes as you were a couple of years ago, looking to develop their own concept, maybe into an app or just bringing their ideas to life? Yeah, I would say... Like really spend the time at the beginning to talk to as many people as possible who've done it before. I think that's probably something that we didn't do enough in retrospect. Um, so like, you know, really, you know, spend a few weeks or even, you know, months actually working out what the best way to do it is rather than kind of jumping into it a bit, a bit like what we did. So yeah, that's probably the best advice that I've given. And also, you know, as we touched on to find um, an advisor, if possible, who's done as similar thing as possible, that massively helps. I would also add, try and do it with someone if you can. If there's someone else you think you can do it with, it definitely helps. I mean, we keep each other sane, I think. I'm just talk to each other all the time, you know, bounce ideas off each other. I think that's just massively helped, like having you, having Jessica in the same position as me to, to just talk everything through with. I think that's so important. And we often say, like, how do, you know, solo founders do it? It's a really, really hard thing to do. And to just have that person that's in exactly the same situation and just gets it completely is just invaluable. That's really inspiring. Thank you for kind of giving that advice. And I'm sure our listeners will really kind of appreciate what you've been like, what you've said and your story behind So Synced. Um, is there anywhere that our listeners could actually find you or So Synced? Yeah, so you can search for SoSynced, S-O-S-Y-N-C-D in either your iOS or Android app store um, or www.sosynced.com um, or on Instagram as well, just SoSynced, S-O-S-Y-N-C-D. This has been the Lost and Founded podcast. If you liked this episode, make sure to head over to Instagram and let us know how you found it at Lost and Founded Pod. With new episodes being released every Thursday, you'll be ready to continue taking steps to bring your ideas to life. Wherever you listen to your podcast, be sure to follow and be notified about more inspiring stories and experiences. That's all for now, and we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us.